is there any possible excuse in the world why you would not do this? And the answer is no, absolutely not. This is a a terrific use of your time. I, I assure you, if you go down this path, you will be guided to be effective at it. I'm Ian Harvey from New York City, and you're listening to You're a Financial Planner, Now What? The podcast to help you fast track your career by bringing you meaningful conversations on topics that influence new financial planners, their careers, and the lives of their clients. Today, Hannah hosts a giving back panel with Kurt Kasser, the director of Pro Bono at FPA, and CFP professionals Robertson Crawford, Alex Wilson, and Kyle Eaton. Up next, they discuss how they got involved in Pro Bono, how it has changed the way they serve all clients, and how others can get started volunteering. Well, I am so excited today. We are having a giving back panel. I hear this all the time with new planners is that we know all these great things about financial planning and we want to help people and we want to help people who really need our help, who may not be able to afford us. And so I am so excited to have our guests here today. And so the first question that I have is how are each of you involved in pro bono and how did you find out about this opportunity? So Robinson, I'm going to throw it to you first. Hey, everybody. I'm, I'm Robinson Crawford. I'm a planner here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I found out about pro bono. I think I'd probably heard of it early in my career from the FPA or now for something. But uh, the first time it really clicked was at the XYPN conference in 2018. The founder of the Foundation for Financial Planning gave a impassioned, like probably five or six minute speech where he talked about the benefits, talked about the program, and was basically like, look, anyone can get involved. Sign up. We'll call you. Um, you can do this, and you're guaranteed to have an impact. I loved that story and that feedback, and that that got me started. Oh, that's great. And so tell tell me more about the program that you're actually involved in. It's so like when you do this work, who are you working with and what um, who you're doing that with? It's jointly through the Foundation for Financial Planning and a nonprofit called Family Reach, which is specifically around guidance for families affected by a cancer diagnosis. So they, uh, these two organizations have paired up to create this program where financial planners get a little bit of training on how to approach a problem, how to, how to kind of contextualize yourself here, because this is pretty different from, at least for me, what I do day to day. So the training was super helpful. And then what they do is match you up with with families as needed. There's a program coordinator who's very, very helpful, who's going to guide you through uh, matching up with the family, getting some background, getting, believe it or not, there's a financial planning contract involved, a pro bono contract, getting kind of those, those moving pieces, administrative pieces together. And then you're matched up with families and it's up to you and the family and communication between you two as to, to how much you want to work together. And how long have you been involved and how many families have you worked with? I have been involved. Good question. I, I know I signed up right when that XY started. And I've actually only been deeply involved with one family. So I've been matched with probably four. But due to life happening, uh, three of those four have not really started. They, they've you know, reached out just a little bit, but haven't really gotten into the process for all sorts of reasons. But but one family where we're in contact frequently, I, I know a ton of details. We work together for hours and hours and have done a lot of great work together. So Alexandria, I'm curious, what what is it that you have done in pro bono? So again, my name is Alex Wilson I'm here in Atlanta. And I got involved when December of last year, I 
was notified that the board here for FPA was looking for volunteers. Um, And so I ended up becoming the next gen director and started working really closely with uh, Kristen Pugh, who is the pro bono director for FPA of Georgia. And she mentioned that there was a new nonprofit they wanted to start working with called AVLF, which is Atlanta Volunteer Lawyers Foundation. So I, I said, you know, I'd love to help out. I had some coaching experience through my my work and, um, you know, just dove in. And it what, at first it was once a quarter and then monthly. And then now during the pandemic, we're actually doing it every Saturday. So we've been meeting with with clients there and um, the, the clients that come through, they're working with volunteer lawyers, but then they also get to work with a financial planner to talk about their money. And so how often do you do that? And like how many, I mean, are you talking to multiple families every time you, you volunteer? Yeah. So now it's almost every Saturday just because they've seen quite a increase in demand. Um, and I'd say I meet with between two or three individuals on a Saturday now. And since this has started, I've probably worked with, you know, maybe 15 individuals. Typically, it's the short engagement, though. It's not really a long, ongoing engagement like uh, Robinson had mentioned um, with his families, but, you know, maybe an hour with the with the individual. So, Kyle, how about you? How what what do you do in the pro bono space and how did you get involved? Well, uh, I work with a organization called Grace Like Rain, and we are providing community relationship and resources to families while we help them address the underlying causes of poverty and homelessness. And right now I'm on the board there. I serve as treasurer. And uh, the other thing that we've been doing is we've been developing a personal finance program for these families that we're helping out. And I've been doing that for about, I guess, about two, two to three years. And we finally kicked off our personal finance program this year. That's really exciting. So you really had a hand in helping craft this personal finance curriculum, right? Yeah, we did. And it, it, I'll, I'll say it took a while. Um, you know, just looking at everything that's out there, one of the things that we really struggled with was how do you help someone with personal finance that doesn't have resources? And so it took a lot of time for us to to land on something. Because um, if you look from a curriculum standpoint, there's just not a lot of out there to, um, to help. And so um, that, like I said, that took us a while. One of the hallmarks of a profession is that every person needs this. And this is what's so great about Propono is recognizing that every person really does need financial planning. And so I'm curious to this group, what have you learned about financial planning working with you know, your respective um, nonprofits? There's a, there's a tendency towards activity professionally where it's better to do something than nothing. It's better to make a recommendation or have something smart to say or uh, think of a way to save on tax or, or do something clever and kind of show your value. I've learned uh, to be more patient with myself, more patient with my recommendations and take more than I give, listen much more. Of course, listening is like, it should be ground zero for every planner all the time. But but working pro bono has, has very much highlighted the importance of that, of being a listening ear, being empathetic. Absolutely. And, and I'd love to chime in on that too. You know, a lot of the clients that I work with that come through AVLF, some of them are just coming out of homelessness 
or, you know, have never worked with a financial professional before, or if they did, it was maybe a bad experience. And I've learned that a lot of times they just want someone to listen to them and to actually care about their situation and, you know, maybe offer a few solutions. But what I've learned from, from working with these clients is sometimes it's not about the numbers, right? Sometimes it's more about creating clarity around a situation or inspiring um, them because they're, they are going through a fairly difficult time in their lives and just having that, that um, not just a professional talking to them about maybe Medicaid or Social Security disability, et cetera, but also just having that empathy and really connecting with them on a, on a deeper level. What, what I've learned is it's, it's really tough to be dogmatic whenever you get to know some of these families. Um, it starts getting a little gray, especially when it comes to financial planning. There's not necessarily a, a, a right answer um, because a lot of times when you're working with families with pro bono, you don't have a good answer. You have to choose between two bad answers. And so I think that's, that's tough for a lot of times for us because um, we work with people that have money and we can say, okay, you have this fun. This is, this is what you should do. Well, in, when you're in a situation where you have a question of, do I pay my house or do I pay my car? Things get blurry. And so I think that's one thing that I've taken away. And this kind of goes back to what Robinson was saying was that a lot of times you, you have to stop and you have to really get to know the people's situations. You have to ask questions, but more importantly, you have to listen and you really have to better understand where they're coming from. You know, it's so interesting you say that, Kyle, even just that what you, what you said of, do I pay for my house or do I pay for my car? I mean, what do you tell them? Well, and that's part of the reason why I love the organization that, that I'm with, because we're really focused on the community aspect and, and really looking at how do we create a foundation from for the future for these to help these families to operate in the future. Um, and that's where this organization that I work with, Grace Like Rain, is we step in and we say, OK, we have resources, we have community partners that we can point you to that can address this. The organization that we work with, we can provide you some with with housing assistance. And so really what we're looking for is a way to help these individuals bridge a gap. Um, the reality is that there's there's certain people in our society that they're always going to need help. And I think that's one thing that I, that's really my eyes have been open to is, you know, how do we help these individuals? Um, how do we do it in a way that um, is smart with the resources that we have, but also gives them a, a dignified life because I think that's equally as important as well. Mm, that's a really, really good point. Going off of that, what have you learned about others as you've been doing the pro bono work? With some of the clients that I've worked through, um, some really tough situations with, um, it's it's shown me that sometimes no matter how bad a situation is, the level of determination that these clients show and their, you know, uh, just excitement to, to get back on their feet has really been very inspiring for, for myself as well. And, and very humbling experience. Um, but you know, it's shown me that a lot of people just have the, the grit, um, to really power through a situation and they can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so it's been very inspiring for, for me personally. 
I think I've learned a little bit about how situations like these, the, the, the stress and difficulty of deep financial distress can't be overstated in its effect on your your mindset and your ability to think clearly. I, I tend to think of uh, these situations as just a, a complete mental roadblock to to laying out your options clearly. It's really, really hard to stay dogmatic and stay rational uh, when you're facing extremely difficult uh, financial situations like not paying your house or, or not paying your car. Um, so the, the value of disentangling that um, for someone else can be can be really tremendous. And I think this is one place where we can have a huge value add is just there's so much complexity in, in our line of work and just helping individuals to navigate that complexity, saying, here's this resource, this is what fits your situation. I think that that can be invaluable to these families. The other thing that I would say, too, is specifically from a financial education standpoint, all people don't learn the same. And so I know with a lot of the families that we work with, if we were to do a PowerPoint slide, if we were to do a video, that they're just going to tune out. And so what you really have to do is the, the individuals that you're working with, you have to figure out how they work best. So I know in our program that we're doing, it's a lot of storytelling. It's a lot of role playing. And for me, that was a huge paradigm shift because I would have never even thought that just because I'm so accustomed to PowerPoints. Well, you know what's so great listening to all of you is like, I know we're talking about giving back and working um, with low income or people who are at homelessness or, you know, have major medical diagnoses, but these are all things that really impact everybody. I mean, uh, everything that you're saying, I mean, it could be applied to our traditional financial planning clients, if you will. Oh, absolutely. I think too, it's important for me to realize sometimes that, you know, that, these hard situations that these clients are going through, this could happen to anyone. You know, I hear stories all the time where, you know, their life was going great and then something major happened and everything changed, you know, sometimes overnight. Um, so I think it's important to realize too that that this really could be, you know, your aunt or uncle or yourself even. And just this one little event in your life can can throw everything off. So I think it's you know, just important to recognize that as well. Yeah, that's always so sobering to think of it in those terms. So I'm curious, one of the things that I love about volunteering is, you know, we try to have an impact in other people's lives, but often we see an impact in ourselves. How has giving back impact or changed you in your perspective? For me personally, I grew up in a single parent home, so I am familiar with a lot of the struggles that, you know, single moms face. And I remember growing up, we had a landlord and we moved into his property and we rented for about 10 years. And during that time, he didn't raise rent once. And so that was, that was tremendous for our family during that time. And for me, I look back at him and he's, he's someone that's made an indelible mark on my life. And just having the opportunity to perhaps do that to another family, um, to have someone else say, hey, you know, this person really helped me out whenever I was going through a tough time, you know, that for me is is possibly better any, than any type of professional achievement that I might make um, because I've, I've known that, uh, you know, I've made a difference in someone's life that really needs it. 
Kyle, that's really, really powerful to hear. Thank you for sharing that. For me, I'm not sure that all that much has changed. Uh, I think I'm a, a better planner, a better listener, more empathetic and more open to possibilities. So part of our job is considering possibilities that uh, have not been thought of, have not been floated, have not been tested, right? The range of those goes way, way wider when you do this work. You consider uh, how deep um, financial hardship can go on, on someone and on a family. So uh, I think it's impacted me in that way. I completely agree with both of you as well. You know, I think doing this has made me slow down a little bit. I, I tend to be fairly quick um, with my, my my normal clients. Some of them are you know, doctors or residents, and they're very quick on their feet. Um, and the solutions are pretty straightforward most of the time. Um, but with, you know, the clients I work with, with AVLF, um, sometimes you, you just have to slow down and take things, you know, piece by piece and really maybe dive into one thing they said for um, a bit of time to really uncover what's really going on and actually create real solutions as well. So I think it, it's definitely made me slow down and just not be so quick on my feet that I, maybe I miss something or I sound like I'm trying to rush through, right? I guess one area that I'm curious is that, uh, this is for Robinson and for Alex, uh, just in your professional life now, based on the nonprofit work that you've done, has that changed the way that you've helped clients, really clients that are looking for meaning of some type or just opportunities to help out others? On my professional side, so I'm also a financial coach for the company I work for. And I think the exposure I've had from AVLF has definitely translated over there as well, because it's, you know, not just slowing down and listening more, but, you know, crafting more creative solutions sometimes um, is necessary. And I think I've been exposed to some, some really hard situations and just thinking through, you know, what, what's possible and then, you know, defining options better and presenting those to the client. All of that has just changed over the past. I mean, it's only been roughly six months now, but I, I have seen a, a change in how I'm working with those coaching clients, even though maybe they're not considering paying you know, rent or their car, maybe it's, you know, a, a smaller decision or, you know, maybe it's saving versus paying down debt. But the, the way I've approached those and talked through with clients has definitely changed. Yeah. I like to use this framework. I, I don't know where I got this, but the idea of you have your capital on your balance sheet and you want to put it to its highest and best use. So what's the highest and best use for, for my dollars? You, in our professional life, we often look at large sums of money and, and think of them in terms of investment return or how they'll help a client reach a, reach a goal or retire or whatever it is. When you juxtapose that with the impact on a human level that even small dollars can have used elsewhere, right? Used to help a family make rent or meet a deductible or have Thanksgiving or, or whatever that is, 
that changes the tenor of the of the conversation significantly and and helps clients i think broaden their perspective on on what they're capable of that's a really good point of recognizing the different scale. One of my favorite questions is that a lot or a little? And for some people, it can be a lot when, it, you know, for others, it's just a little. So I'm curious, when you guys got started volunteering, were you guys actively looking for something to be, to give back to, or kind of what prompted you to get involved? Yeah, I was actually looking for a way to get involved professionally with the FPA and through that, I, you know, met Kristen Pugh and, and heard about the pro bono opportunity she had. And I thought it'd be great, you know, with my professional life, I, I do work with, you know, Main Street America, quote unquote. And, you know, I, I've always enjoyed working with people who might not have access to a traditional financial planner um, because, you know, they, they don't really have money or they can't afford the fee. Um so it was just another extension of that, I think. And um, I think that's what drew me to it. And, you know, hearing about the clients that were coming through and the need that was there and that there weren't really a lot of planners that were able to volunteer. I just, you know, signed up pretty much as soon as she mentioned it. I know for me, I was um, I was in a pretty dark place. In life, and uh, I was ten years into my career. And uh, if you haven't, as a planner, uh, experienced this yet, there will be some point in your career where uh, you're you're kind of in the doldrums, and you're wondering, well, what am I doing? And so, I think I had that moment in my career where I was looked around and said, you know, what what is this leading up to? And I remember that I was in a group of other businessmen, and I looked at them, and they were successful businessmen, but they had deep regrets with regards to their family, uh, with their spiritual life, just because that business success came at a cost. And so it really, it made me stop and made me reevaluate what was important. And I just, I remember looking, looking at life, looking at what I'd like to do, who I'd like to help. And this opportunity came to me. And, um, you know, it was, it was something where, the organization that we're working with, we're, we're working big, long scale, um, grand plan is to, to build a community with about 50 to 60 homes. And I started thinking about that and I thought, wow, you know, if I could be a part of something like that, something so much bigger, how cool would it be for my kids 20, 30 years down the road to say, Hey, my dad was part of that. And so I think that was really kind of where, um, I, I, I think if, if I think the book's called Life Launch, but they, they talked about going into the doldrums and then how you go into this cocoon and about how how you recreate yourself and you reemerge. And I, I think for me, that's how I, I got started really uh, focusing more on the on the nonprofit side of things. I love that story. Mine is is simpler. I uh, heard the the founder, I believe, or the CEO of the financial planning or foundation for financial planning give a conversation and had the internal dialogue that said, is there any possible excuse in the world why you would not do this? And the answer is no, absolutely not. This is a, a terrific use of your time. It's it's validated. You'll be guided through. So, so one of the doubts that comes up here, and I've heard a lot of planners talk about this when we talk about pro bono is, are you even capable of doing this? What, what do I know about this person's situation? What, what could I add in a, in such a difficult situation for them? And, and, uh, I, I assure you, if you 
go down this path, you'll, you will be guided towards uh, the resources you need to, to be effective at it. So what would y'all's advice be for a financial planner who's listening to this and being like, you know, maybe, maybe I do want to give back. What would be your advice to them? Just try it. There's definitely enough opportunity out there. If you just ask and see, you know, where could my skill set be put to use or maybe there's some areas that could challenge you, you know, just like Robinson said, sometimes, you know, as financial planners, we don't really know a lot about Medicaid or social security disability or how they all work together. But what's um, really exciting about these programs is you can learn those and, you know, deepen your own knowledge base as well as at the same time where you're helping someone. And, and I think, just like Robinson said, sometimes you, you don't necessarily have to know everything going in. You know, we're smart people. We're curious, we're creative, and we can find the information we need, um, you know, as, as we need it. So I think, you know, just diving in and, and trying it. And if you don't like it, then you can always step back. But, um, you know, it's, it's worth trying. For me, it's, it's to find something that you're passionate about whether it's a cause, whether um, it's individuals that you're passionate about, find your passion and that'll make things a, a lot easier. The other thing that I'll say too is you're going to have to learn to say no. Um, I think that's probably one of the most dangerous things when you go into work with nonprofit because there's never going to be a shortage of people that need help. And so in order to protect yourself personally and also protect your clients, you are going to have to say no at some point and you're going to disappoint a lot of people and you just have to be prepared with that. And you have to know that it's okay that you have limits, that you cannot do everything. You cannot solve everyone's problem. I love that. That's tremendously practical. Uh, uh, curious if you guys have, uh, have thoughts on this, but it's occurred to me and, and it sounds like Alexandra has more experience on this than I do, but on a local level here in Arizona, I've, I've thought to myself in uh, <laughs> shower thoughts type of times that I would really love to have a, just a tremendous quiver of knowledge around the state and local programs to where I could really sit down with anyone in my community who's in a, in a hardship position and be knowledgeable about what's going on locally. I admit that I haven't sat down and, and built that, that type of knowledge. Uh, to y'all's knowledge, is that is that, uh, do you know people who do that? Is that you personally? And how do you start start building that? Yeah, so um, with FPA of Georgia, uh, I have to credit Kristen Pugh on this, but she started a shared Google Drive and some documents in there where as soon as we hear of a local resource or you know even a federal resource, um, we drop it in there with links and a description and kind of who it would help. Um, and then at the same time, we're in talks about creating training or webinars even to help our planners, but as well, we can create webinars that work for our clients talking through, you know, the different types of bankruptcy or things to think about before going to bankruptcy and what resources are available in nonprofits to talk through debt and things like that. So that's where we're starting. Um, of course, it's something that is built out over time. It's learned over time. Connections are made over time. So I think it, it has a long way to go, but um, that's just how we're at least starting to gather those resources. 
I'm up here in Denton County, which is probably about 30 miles north of where, where Hannah's at. But we have a local nonprofit here called Serve Denton. And what it is is actually an umbrella. And a lot of nonprofits sit underneath that umbrella. Uh, they have offices and they share services. And I think that's one thing that has really been beneficial to our organization is that we're not recreating a, a lot of unnecessary things. We have uh, other organizations that we can partner with, that we can send people to. And I think that's, that is key and something we need to hit on is that we're not, we're not duplicating someone else's efforts. And so I know just looking at things, there's a lot of smaller nonprofits that are out there and it's hard to know exactly what everyone's doing. And so I think one of the best things that you can do is really do a deep dive into your local community, start asking some questions, getting to know who's out there and what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the Dallas area and I can, I know there, um, there's one main nonprofit here. I cannot remember the name right now, um, but they are kind of that aggregator of, they help people determine what resources that that's their stated purpose. And so they're a really great resource here. And so I know different communities have different resources like that. Yeah, and I know United Way for, for a lot of communities. United Way is that go-to, and they they would have a lot of resources um, for for just all different areas. I would also offer that um, for FPA members that may have seen, we are working in partnership with our partners like the Foundation for Financial Planning and actually Family Reach uh, through the Financial Planning for Cancer program that Robinson mentioned and is heavily involved in. Um, in fact, next week um, on Tuesday, uh, Jackie Lake is offering a seminar, a webinar um, about um, federal and local entitlement programs, benefit programs to cover things like uh, TANF and WIC and uh, uh, food stamps or SNAP, those kinds of benefits. Um, obviously, that is difficult to everyone's comments uh, to provide local resources as well. But um, the, the intent behind that is really to offer those national perspectives with some local um, connections as well. So uh, we do have some of those resources also available. What else are we missing, guys? Like, What else would you want to share about giving back? I, I did have one question for Kurt, and I think this is really one area that I really struggled with. There's a lot of great opportunities through um, FBA Bono, but I, I just I, if you're if you're going outside of that, is there any resource that a financial planner can go to say like, look, I need to have this in place. I need to have make sure my um, my liability insurance covers nonprofit planning. I need to make sure that my ADVs updated for non nonprofit planning. Is there any type of resource like that? Because I know the great thing is with FBA, they cover a lot of that for you if they're providing the opportunities. But um, there's some people that have passions that are uh, outside of what's offered by FBA. Yes. Um, so you touch on some great points. Um, so as you mentioned, for FBA members, we do offer some, um, I think, great benefits and enhancements for pro bono work. Um, one is a, a fairly recent benefit that you mentioned. So we now offer errors and emissions insurance or E&O insurance for our members while conducting pro bono work, uh, which has been a great benefit that we've added in the last couple of years. And obviously, a lot of our members take advantage of that. Uh, we have a lot of tools and resources like a sample letter of engagement and things that you, you mentioned, Kyle. Um, if you're not a member, um, there are some amazing partners and groups 
Um, Robinson is a part of the Financial Planning for Cancer program, which uh, we're also a, a heavy program partner in. And we actually worked with the Foundation for Financial Planning and Family Reach to develop that program a couple of years ago. And you do not have to be an FBA member to participate, for example. So um, you can sign up for that program through the Foundation for Financial Planning or through Family Reach directly and still get the benefits of the training and the uh, sample templates and forms and other things available. Um, Robinson also, I believe, mentioned that he's a, a member of XYPN. And so there's other great groups like that um, in the community that provide opportunities for financial planning professionals. Um, I can't speak to their specific you know, resources that are available uh, for each organization and group. Um, but, you know, um, there's very similar organizations out there. Um, I just had a conversation recently with someone about the Taproot Foundation, uh, and they offer national virtual uh, pro bono opportunities for professionals of all backgrounds and, and provide some resources. Uh, you mentioned United Way. Um, and, of course, local nonprofits as well are, are great vehicles to take advantage of. So um, a lot of ample opportunities with varying resources available. The ENO for pro bono is actually a really big deal and that FPA provides. Is that um, does that only cover if you're doing pro bono through FPA or does that cover for any pro bono that you may be doing? And then do you people need to sign up separately for that or do they automatically get enrolled? FPA uh, did start providing um, errors and missions insurance for um, our pro bono um, volunteers. I'm starting about two years ago now. Um, that is currently available to active FPA members while conducting pro bono programs through FPA. Um, so it would have to be a, a program that was developed um, nationally, like the Financial Plan for Cancer program or our partnership with Homes for Our Troops or some of these other um, activities and programs we have available, or it could be through a local chapter. Um, so the great programs that Alex mentioned that she and Kristen and their leaders have developed through AVLF and, and other programs, if you're working through one of those, you would be eligible for the ENO insurance also. Um, so th those would be the main requirements. Um, you also have to be eligible to conduct pro bono work. Um, that means you need to take the uh, financial, the uh, FPA pro bono financial planning training um, and be a, obviously an active member of the organization. And so that's a great segue. So if somebody wants to give back, where can they go? Through FBA, um, as all these, um, as Robinson and Alex and, and Kyle have mentioned, um, we have um, some great opportunities, and, and they highlighted how volunteering as a as a pro bono financial planner is a great way to give back and build professional skills and strengthen ties with the community um, and connect, in this case, with fellow FPA members. Um, what we always recommend uh, for, for folks to get started is to um, really first connect with your local FPA chapter. Um, many of our local FPA chapters have a local designated pro bono director. Um, if a, a chapter does not have a pro bono director, uh, you can speak with another local leader like a chapter executive or a president or um, other executive. Uh, you'll want to find out what the chapter provides in terms of the pro bono activities or programs. 
Um, there are some amazing programs and opportunities developed by and offered through the local chapters. Um, you know, top of mind for me, um, I think about like, for example, in, in San Francisco, our FPA of San Francisco chapter has some great programs working with survivors of recent wildfires. Um, FPA Minnesota has a, a terrific program they developed with local uh, community-based organizations like the Angel Foundation or Prepare and Prosper. Um, FPA of Georgia, um, Alex spoke to and has been incredible in helping develop some incredible partnerships that they're doing um, at the local level in, in their state and their community. Um, National Capital Area does financial readiness clinics on local military bases. Um, so you can imagine just the wide scope of partnerships, everything with um, working with Habitat for Humanity, Junior Achievement, working with domestic violence victims, um, really following your passion, as, as Kyle shared earlier. Um, so you can consider volunteering to be um, a local pro bono director if there's no existing programs or help start a pro bono initiative. Um, many of the programs have started this way uh, with the leadership of just one or two passionate members. Or maybe it's someone um, like Kyle's experience where um, you identified a, a local nonprofit or something that was very important to you personally that really resonated for you and you got involved in that way. Um, we also suggest that um, you complete the uh, pro bono financial planning training we have available. Um, a couple years ago, we, we really refreshed this training and developed a, a one-hour training that's on demand um, through a partnership with the Foundation for Financial Planning and Kaplan Professional. Um, it is eligible, in fact, for one CFP CE credit and uh, really is designed to help financial planners understand the basics of how to um, provide pro bono services to typically underserved members of the community. Um, we have great resources that we talked about earlier, like the errors and missions insurance for FPA members while conducting pro bono financial planning. Um, as FPA members know, we also have some great online communities that you can join, um, such as the FPA Connect Pro Bono 360 community. Um, that has a whole library of presentations and valuable information of doing pro bono work. Um, it's also a great forum for sharing information about your chapter's pro bono activities, learning best practices, um, requesting and sharing resources, asking and answering questions of your peers. Um, we also have some other resources and tools available through FPA. Uh, we have some great guidebooks that can um, help support you in developing a local pro bono committee, uh, creating a mission and plan of work, or forming partnerships with community-based organizations uh, recruiting and managing volunteers, and a lot of these other critical aspects of developing programs. Um, finally, um, I'm always available as a resource um, for our members and for the community. Um, we've developed some, some opportunities nationally that we've touched on today, um, including the Financial Planning for Cancer program. Um, we're grateful to um, folks like Robinson and hundreds of other um, FPA members and non-members that volunteered with this program uh, to really make a positive impact in the lives of cancer patients and cancer caregivers across the country um, and made a great impact. Uh, we also have partnerships with groups like Homes for Our Troops, which provides specially adapted homes for um, injured veterans um, to provide uh, homes, uh, specially adapted homes for 
uh, men and women have served in the military that um, have limb amputations and difficulty navigating their home. And so this has been a, a great partnership that we also provide. Um, so these are just many, many ways that uh, we often suggest for people to get involved. Um, then there are numerous opportunities, um, as we also discussed, outside of, of FPA. Um, there are thousands of local nonprofits and ample opportunities, as everyone mentioned. Um, other groups like XYPN, uh, the Foundation for Financial Planning. Um, in fact, um, FFP has recently developed a tool called CFP Volunteer Match, uh, where you can go to their website and see about volunteer opportunities across the country. Um, like the Financial Plan for Cancer program and others. So um, numerous ways for people to get involved. Well, that's what's so exciting is that it can, like you were saying, we can really, you can really follow your passion of what is it that you really care about. And the great thing is you can volunteer in one and decide that's not right and go try something else. So you're not, you're not locked in at any, any point. Well, thank you everyone for joining. Uh, thank you for the work that you're doing in your communities. I mean, this is making, <laughs> you're being such a good example of what financial planning is and 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 we need you know we need more of that so thank you guys for the work that you're doing in your communities and for joining us here today to to give us all a taste of what what pro bono can look like in financial planning thank you for having us um it was great hearing from the other uh planners involved in pro bono and hearing what you're doing so thank you likewise thank you hannah yeah, thank everyone here. I, I think, you know, we, we have an incredible opportunity right now. And uh, I want to thank all the, all the other planners for the work that they're doing. And Hannah, I thank you for all the work that you do with FBA. Uh, same with you, Kurt, as well. Thank you. You're all amazing. And um, just inspired by hearing your stories and, and all the positive impact you're making. And, um, you know, I, I'm in the enviable position. That I get to hear and see all the great work happening every day. And in hearing the positive impact that you're making. So just great loads of gratitude to each of you for the great work you're doing. Love what you hear on this podcast? Join us in the FPA Activate Facebook community, where you'll find a community of other passionate planners like you. Not only that, but there are live How We Do What We Do sessions focused on what real financial planning looks like in practice. Be sure to join us there to lend your voice, become a better planner, and help grow the financial planning profession.